Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining in today. This is episode three of Let's Talk Dirty with me, your host, Dawn Boyd. This podcast is about growing your cleaning business. Whether you're doing it solo and you've already started growing to the point that you want to start an actual business and hire employees, or you already have a cleaning business, but you're stuck and you don't know how to grow, this podcast will help you in both of those areas. If this is your first time joining in, this information will be given to you for free. So all I ask in return is that you subscribe and you follow this podcast. Let's Talk Dirty is being featured on 14 different platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Going into episode three, I am definitely impressed with the engagement. We're almost at 500 downloads, which to me was way more than I had anticipated. So I'm really happy about that. And it lets me know that there is some value in what I am giving you, whether it's my crazy stories being in the cleaning industry or how to legally structure a new cleaning business. I'm just glad that I'm here to give this advice to you. Today's episode is going to be a little different because I am going to focus on a few questions that I saw online from real people in the cleaning industry. I belong to quite a few cleaning industry groups and I thought what better way than to address some of these questions that keep coming up but they are a little different and sometimes they're funny so I chime in a lot of times just to help from my experience. Also we're going to talk about Christmas gifts for clients as well as your employees. That is something that I have been doing since day one. I am a big giver. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm always trying to find a way to give to someone. It's just who I am and what I believe in. So when it came to owning a business and building relationships with not only our clients, but the people that work on my team, it was very important that each of them knew that they were appreciated. The first question is from Cindy and here goes. Has anyone had this happen to them? I hired a girl to help out because I was so busy. I got her about five homes to clean. Now she's telling me that she's going on her own and taking the clients with her. I guess there's nothing I can do, can I? Cindy, let me tell you, when I first started cleaning and I brought on my first person, I loved her. Like, I really wanted to make all of this make sense. I wanted to grow as quick as I could, and I found someone that I thought I could trust. Unfortunately, after about two months of cleaning together, she slowly started taking my clients. I didn't know until a pattern started happening. From the moment I started cleaning, demand was never one of the issues. Like I was really good at what I did in building relationships with clients. So them canceling hardly ever happened. And I definitely wasn't charging enough. So it was cheap labor and it came very abundantly. That's why I started hiring. In this situation, I actually had to set her up. And I hate to say it like that, but I had one of my day one clients 
do something that I felt was the only way I could find out if she was actually taking my clients. I asked this client to ask her directly if she would just do business with her and take me out of the picture and that she would pay her a little bit more. Unfortunately, she took the bait. And it was really disappointing to me because this was somebody, my first person that I brought on and I really wanted to see her grow within my company and to find out that she was doing this really hurt me. So at the end of the day, when I sat down with her, I explained what happened and what I had to do. And I had to let her go. I knew that I couldn't trust her at that point. I paid her for the rest of the week and we shook hands and and she left. Now, what I learned in hindsight to have them sign a non-compete form. This is a simple form that you can find online. You can type it up yourself. You can have it notarized if you want to, but it is a form that gives you some kind of protection and it also lets your helper know that you're very conscious about what can happen. Your business is important to you. You put all this time and energy into it and the last thing you want is for someone to come and take what you've worked so hard for. So by having them sign that and you sign it too, this is something that you can put in their worker file. Whatever you want to call your people, your team, your helpers, your worker, you know, cleaners, whatever you decide to do, make sure all of that is clear up front. A non-compete form will just help you in the end. And what I also explain to new hires is the last thing you want to do is start taking clients. And here's the reason why. If that client was so eager to hire them and take me out of the picture as the business owner, guess what they would do if a better deal came along? That's the first thing. So as the cleaner, they have no protection there. On top of that, they have no protection from the client if something happens to them where they get injured and now they need some type of help whatever. On the same note, if the client ever cancels, they're left with that headache. Whereas anyone who works with me, if a client cancels, all I'll do is give them another client to go to. That way they aren't losing any income. They no longer have that protection by doing business with that individual client. And on top of everything else, the client loses too. Because now the client loses my insurance that I have for anyone who goes into their home. So if something gets stolen or broken, they have no coverage. So when I'm doing business with with the actual client, I also have them sign a friendly agreement, which lets them know that they are not to ask the cleaner to do business with them directly. Again, that's just a double thread to help you in your business. It puts the client, makes the client accountable, and it makes the employee accountable. And it's just a more professional way of doing things. So I hope that helps, Cindy. The next question comes from Sandra, and her question is, I need help. I must really be doing something wrong. 
I started my cleaning business last month and I can't land any customers. All I get is Yelp and home advisors calling me and no customers. I did have one true customer, but that's it. What can I do to boost my chances? So here's the thing, Sandra. One month is not a long time. (laughs) And I don't want to discourage you in any means. But one month is pretty soon to start getting new customers right away. Know that there are plenty of customers. There is always something to clean. Someone out there needs a good, reliable cleaner. The first thing I would focus on is quality. So once you have your first customer already, ask them to refer you to people that they know. Ask them to use their social media. Ask them to mention it to their neighbors. Word of mouth is golden. Like I can't even tell you, my business has been on a waiting list for quite a while before COVID even happened. So when I tell you that word of mouth is super important, I'm not exaggerating that. Our clients work for us just by telling other people how good we are. That's really important because that saves you money on advertisement. However, if you cannot get that one client to start spreading the word, this is the next step that I would take and I have taken, but there's a limitation to this. And that would be to use Groupon or maybe even Angie's List. Now, I've never used Angie's List, but I did use Groupon. And I'll tell you right now, you want to use Groupon really quick and get some clients, get a handful of clients, and then let it go. Because you are going to lose money in the beginning. So the way Groupon is set up, a client buys your service at a discounted rate, and then Groupon takes their cut, which is pretty steep, especially for a small starting business. This is only to help you get more customers. So consider those customers as building your relationship with. They're getting a discount in the beginning, but let them know that future cleanings are going to be more expensive. So use that time that you're with them to give them a really wow experience in the cleaning that you do for them. And then you have repeat business. And on top of that, they're referring you as well. Another trick to using Groupon is offer a basic cleaning and then do your walkthrough. So when that client buys the Groupon and they call you up and they say, hey, I have this Groupon for a two hour cleaning for $25, you're probably only going to make $5 an hour on that job. So get it in your mind already before you go in. However, Once you schedule a free in-home consultation with that client and you see that chances are they're going to need more than a basic cleaning. So hey, say, hey, I know you have this Groupon. I would definitely honor the price that you paid for it. But I do recommend that you extend the service maybe one or two hours. And then you can add an additional $25 to $35 or whatever it is you feel your value is and then take that cleaning to the next level. From then, that basic cleaning now turns into a deeper clean and you do a really good job at it 
and you bring them back on again. So say like two weeks, you give them a recommendation. A lot of times what you have to do as the professional is suggest what they need. So you're going in and you're doing your assessment and you know that this cleaning is going to take longer and require more maintenance. So you're suggesting that to them. And if you sound confident in what it is that you're suggesting to them, the chances are they are going to take your advice and they'll keep you on. Really, clients are looking for a quality experience. And what happens a lot of times with Groupon is small businesses lose a lot of money. So there's that disgruntled mentality of going into a client's home off of a Groupon. So it's just not something that you want to have to deal with, nor does the client want to deal with. So people will pay for quality, I assure you. I hope that answered your question. And it was a great question, Sandra, to even ask. The next question is from Shonda. Shonda asked, so yesterday I had my first encounter with a client's home being roach infested. Yes, I did a consultation, but I didn't see any when I went in to visit the first time. The client wanted the bathroom and kitchen clean. So by the time I got to the kitchen, I moved a box and they all scattered. I literally almost died. I rushed to finish, but I didn't go into detail like I normally do for a deep clean. Should I have said something? P.S. She asked for me to come back, and I said I would check my schedule for 2021, but I don't think I'll be returning. It's a funny story, and, you know, it's like I feel your pain because I have been there. Almost every question that I see online some way or another, I've experienced it. And I'll tell you my story. I went into a client's house and I don't even think I did the first initial walkthrough. And you're right. You won't necessarily see things like that. It's only once you start moving things around. Now that I'm more established, it is in the friendly agreement that the client cannot have any infestation whatsoever. Most of our clients have pets, so their their pets cannot have fleas, and those fleas jump around and get on us and our equipment, and they definitely can't have roaches. And unfortunately, I went into a house, and once I started to clean I saw the roaches. They just came out in broad daylight. I am freaked out by roaches. I can't stand roaches. Like, I'm not the neatest person, but I'm a very clean person. And roaches always, to me, are a sign of just nastiness. And it may not be, I mean, like, we live in Florida. So, Florida is one of those places where you see more insects than anywhere. And we have the big palmetto bugs, AKA the really big roaches that just are scary and they fly. (laughs) But sometimes they'll get in either through the ventilation, your roof, your window, wherever, but they do find a way to get in. And a lot of times they're in some of our most expensive homes. It's just unavoidable. We live in Florida, it is what it is. But when it comes to an infestation like that, That's an absolute no-no. 
like I wouldn't have even stayed and that's what I did when I went into this person's home and they had roaches I immediately called the client and told her she was at work and I said I cannot clean because you have roaches they know they have roaches trust me (laughs) and she said oh well I thought you know you could vacuum them up And even though I had just started doing this cleaning, like I knew that I needed the money, I wasn't going to clean roaches up because I'm not an exterminator and neither are you. And what I told the client at that time was exactly that. I said, you need to call an exterminator. And only then, after probably even a couple of exterminations, will I even consider coming back. But in the meantime, no. What happens is eggs can get into the vacuum, to the vacuum. It can get in your basket. It can transfer into your car. They can infest your living space and worse, clients living spaces like you can transfer that stuff over and it's just dirty (laughs) so when i named this podcast let's talk dirty this is one of those stories that is just dirty like we just that's not what we're there for what we're there for so you know there's a nice way of saying it you don't have to be mean to the customer because they know that they have a problem so they're probably embarrassed however i do kind of feel like you know you knew that you had this problem and you thought it was just okay for the cleaning lady to come in and take care of that well no you need to call an exterminator and have it done properly and then and only then will we cover from that point like with my cleaning business it's it's more of a exclusive clientele at this point like I did any and every kind of home in the first beginning because I was trying to get money and I was trying to grow but at this point because of our reputation I only accept clients who really respect their homes. They live in very nice homes and they're clean. No really nasty deep cleans, anything like that because I've already established what we do, the type of products that we use and the type of quality that we are giving the client. So those are things that need to be established as you grow. In the meantime, don't do houses with roaches and be upfront and honest with the client. That's a part of having communication and building a relationship with the client. I wasn't mean to that client. I was nasty. I didn't stay and I let her know why. And so if she ever came back around and say she wrote a a negative review or something and said, this cleaning lady didn't even clean my house. Yeah, I had roaches, but and no, <laughs> because I would have replied right back to her review and said, lady, I am not there to clean your roaches. So you 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 were nice by staying. And I know it was probably a situation where you needed the money, which I get and you did it. Don't go back unless she takes care of that problem and you know that she has something showing. I mean, even ask a client, you know, if they had an exterminator come in, show the receipt. These are things that you're entitled to. You're in someone's house doing a service for them. You're putting your products and your livelihood in their hands while you're there. So let's start off by doing it the right way. I hope that answers your question because it was a great question. Don't be embarrassed by it. Learn from the experience and go from there. You'll know now how to deal with it the next time. 
Okay, everyone. So I ran out of time to record any more on this episode. However, I am going to make a part two because I really want to get the Christmas gifts and employee gifts out the way. Thank you so much for joining it. And don't forget to follow and subscribe. See you in a minute.